to another episode of Music and Vibes. I'm your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. I hope you are having a wonderful day and that you are enjoying doing whatever it is that you are doing. I'm so very happy that it is starting to feel like spring again. Winter really gets old after a while. For those of you who are faithful listeners of the show, you know that 2019 has been the year of car repairs for me. Like, I don't even know what's going on. You may remember me talking about my car problems back in um, the February episodes of the podcast. And I was telling you how my car needed to be fixed. It was a fuel injector. And so my husband and I, we pretty much had like a rented vehicle for almost a month. But we loved it because it, the gas mileage was amazing. It was nice. It, you know, it's like when you get a different car from your older car and you're driving it, it makes a huge difference because we have a 2004 Ford Expedition. No, it's a Ford Explorer. But the cars we were renting were like 2016, 17, 18. So these cars were really new. And I had no idea that we had like a keyless thing. So I remember the first time I rented the car, um, out they gave me a key and I was like, okay, so where's the key? He's like, oh no, 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 it's a keyless ignition. You just press the button and the car starts. I was like, wow, because I didn't have that in my 2004. Anyway, I explained and talked about all of that in the February episodes of the podcast. So I finally got my car out. Life was going well. You know, we got used to it again. We were cleaning it out, taking care of it. And then um, a week ago, I was doing something for work. I was driving around and I stopped at the bank. And I'm trying to get better at like doing other things while I'm driving. So instead of like texting and driving or if I have to pay a bill online or over the phone, I try to stop my car and do it. So I was at the bank, so I just stopped and I was paying the bill. My car was running. And then all of a sudden you can hear it go, eh, eh, and then boom, 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 boom. And then it just stopped. Like it just shut off. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? So I saw, like one of the last things I saw when my car did shut off was it said low oil pressure. I am not a mechanic, so therefore, when I saw low oil pressure, I was like, oh my goodness, please tell me that my car has not stopped because my engine locked up and I have no oil. So I checked the oil. Okay, just between us, there was not a lot of oil in there. So of course, I was like panicking, like, oh my goodness, my engine is locked up, I should have checked the oil. So I ended up calling one of my coworkers, and she was able to give me a ride to, it wasn't a gas station, it was like a mechanic shop. So I could buy some oil because I thought that was the problem. So I got there and then the guy followed us back to my vehicle, which was not far from his shop. And he put oil in. And guess what? It did not start. So he was like, okay. And then he checked the oil. He's like, okay, ma'am, you are low on oil. He said, but that is not the reason why your car stopped. He said, it's something else. He said, you have enough oil in there to keep it from shutting off. So he's like, that is not the problem. So I was like, all right, I wonder what it is. And then... You know how you do the other fail-safe things. He tried to jump the car, but then he's like, your battery's fine. That's not the problem. And then he got underneath the car, and he started hitting, like, the fuel tank. Because he said, it seems like gas is not getting to your car. So I was like, oh, man, not again. So I'm thinking it's the fuel pump injector again. So I called the people who just fixed it, and they told me to bring it in. So I towed it, had it towed all the way back to Madison. And, yeah, I had to catch a ride with the tow truck drivers so I can even get home. So we got back to the shop and he took the 
gas. Well, he took the he took the car to the shop, and then the next day the guy called me and he's like, "It's not the fuel injector." He's like, "I don't know what it is, but it's not the fuel injector." So I was like, "Okay." So since he knew what was wrong with the car, he said he would call me the very next day and tell me what's wrong with the car. So I was like freaking out because. For those of you who don't understand what it's like to live in Alabama, we have no public transportation. So if you do not have a car, you're kind of short. It's like things are, from where I live, things are like 10, 15 minutes away. So I would need to have a car just to go to the gas station, to go to the store, walking on the streets, there's really no sidewalks. It's not a good place not to have a car. So you have to have a vehicle. So for a whole day, I was without a car and I was like, oh my goodness. One of my coworkers did take me to work. But then that evening, she couldn't take me to work the next day. Then another coworker who lived close by couldn't take me. And the guy didn't know what was wrong with my car, so I was getting panicky. And so then I asked one of my friends um, where she got her car from, and she told me. So I was like, we may need to get a new car. So I thought about that, and I went to sleep, and I was like, okay. So the next day, of course, I had to take off from work because I didn't have a ride to get there. And so during that time, like that morning, I had already called a friend and see, I wanted to see if she could take me down and look at some cars. And she said she would. But before she came to pick me up, I called the car, I called the mechanic and he said, we found out what's wrong with your car. It was a fuse. But in order to fix the fuse, he had to actually order me a whole new, um, like the computer, like the motor board or the computer board or whatever in a car. And that part by itself was going to cost $940. He didn't include how much it was going to cost for labor or anything. Just buying the part itself was $940. So I was just like, you know what? I was like, I can't. I can't keep putting out all this money. Because in the last two months, we have spent like $1,500 on the car. Now, I know that some people, it's not, like, it's not really a big deal. But to me, it's a big deal. Because every time I had to do car repairs, they've been like an alternator, a starter, you know, something major, a minor, like a battery or something. So to have to spend like eight and nine hundred dollars each time you repair the car, that was daunting to me and alarming because I don't like to spend money. So I talked it over with my husband and we decided, you know what? The car is 15 years old. It's run its course. If every time we have to put a repair in, it's going to be eight, nine hundred dollars. We just can't do it. So my friend picked me up and I went down to a car dealership and thank God I was able to get a car. So I am excited because now I have a new car, life is good, and it starts. Like I no longer worry when I get in whether it will start or not because the car starts. It's new. It's funny because I won't even let the kids eat in it. They're like, Mom, can we eat? Nope, no eating in the car. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast, a whole nother story. So we have a new car. So that is what's been going on with me. Now my question of the day is what would you have done in this type of situation? Would you have gotten another car or would you have just fixed it? I know some of my friends, so they would just fix it. But then again, they are good with cars and they can fix it themselves. So it probably wouldn't cost that much. But what would you have done? Would you have gotten a new car or would you have tried to fix the old car? As always, send your answers to the Music and Vibes Facebook page or message me your answer there. The handle to that page is at the music and vibes podcast and this is the facebook page so you can go to the facebook page at the music and vibes podcast and while you are there i want you to message me your answer to would you have gotten another car or would you have just fixed the old one all right can't wait to hear from you
Today on the podcast, I would like to talk to you about something that all of us have tried to do and we have not been successful. And that thing is we have all tried to change our spouse or significant other. We have all heard the saying that opposites attract. And even though this is a cliche, it is very true. For example, my husband and I are very different. I'm a morning person and he's an evening person. I love the details of things and he just wants to get to the point. I love to talk about random things and he likes to talk about things that are relevant. I like to plan things and he does not like to plan. I like to be organized and he is not organized. In fact, organization stresses him out, seriously, while organization calms me down. When it comes to completing tasks, I am not easily distracted while he is easily distracted. There are many times when my husband has a hard time saying no to to work obligations and I do not have that problem. He has a calmer type of personality while I have a more intense personality. So as you can see, we are very different from each other, but in some strange way, we balance each other out. Can you imagine what our home would be like if both my husband and I had intense personalities? That would, be, that would not be good. The kids would probably be stressed and need counseling at the end of the day. Or imagine what it would be like if we were both extremely calm, then maybe some things that needed to get done or situations that need to be handled might not be handled. Maybe now it's clear to see how we both balance each other out. And I'm sure the same thing goes for you and your spouse or significant other. One of you is probably the life of the party, while the other one is more quiet and reserved. One of you may be a little more aggressive, while the other one is more passive and quiet. Sometimes I believe that people marry other people with different personality traits because one household could not take two people with the same personality traits. Just try to imagine a couple, a couple like I explained earlier, who have very intense personalities trying to live together in one house. They would probably kill each other because they probably couldn't even stand each other at the end of the day. Or two very calm people living together in one home. That wouldn't work either. Neither one of those scenarios, I don't think, would work out well. Not because there's something wrong with any of these personalities, but because there would be no one to calm down the intense couple or motivate the calm, relaxed couple. Marrying someone who has opposite personality than you is a blessing and it's a curse at the same time. On one hand, your spouse can help you, motivate you, encourage you, give you a different perspective, and also see things from a different point of view. But which is also helpful as you work together in your marriage or in your relationship. But what about when your spouse's opposite personality causes tension or problems in a marriage? For example, what if you like to keep the car clean and your husband is fine with a couple of candy wrappers on the floor? Or what if you want to parent your kids one way and your husband parents them another? Or let's just say you're romantic and your husband is either romantic type and your husband is not. Or What if you need something emotionally from your husband and he is not giving it to you because it's not in his personality? I remember reading this story and one of the many marriage couples, well, actually, I read a lot of marriage magazines. So in one of the many marriage magazines that I've read over the years, I read a story about a lady who was a romantic. She wanted her husband to compliment her, hold her hand, whisper sweet things in her ear, and just be romantic. However, The man she married was anything but romantic. He was a good provider and a very good husband and father, but he was not romantic. As the story goes on, the lady talks about a Valentine's banquet that they had one day at their church, and all of the men got up to present something to their wives. When it was her husband's turn, he turned to her and he said something like this. He said, here, I got this for you. And he sat down. 
Now, my, let me just remind you, Valentine's Banquet, everyone else's husband is saying all kind of nice, wonderful, romantic things. And her husband gets up there and he just says, here, I got this for you, and sat down. Now, in all fairness, he got her a card, some flowers that she really liked, and her favorite box of chocolate. So she knew that he did put a lot of time and effort into his gift, but his presentation of the gift was not very good. And she said that it was at that moment that she realized that try as he might to be romantic, that was just not something he was able to do at that moment. I am sure we all have had similar stories like this. Of course, the people and situations are subject to change, but the fact that we married to some, what we're married to someone who is totally different from us is still the same. It is at those moments that we find ourselves trying to change our spouse or significant other. Trying to change our spouse or significant other might sound like this. It might sound like a question like, why do you always do it like that? You should just try to do it like this. Or it could sound like, you should compliment me more. Or it could be, you shouldn't eat that. It's not good for you. I don't know which one of these phrases you use to try to change your spouse's significant other, but let's just be real for a second and admit, we have all used at least one of these phrases, if not all of them, at some point. Now, I am not saying that we can't ask our spouse or make comments to them, but when our questions or our comments are designed to try to change our spouse and who they are, then we are not fully accepting them for who they are. Now, if you're, li if you're living with a messy spouse, it is not wrong, believe me, to ask him or her to please pick up your stuff occasionally. But it's wrong to constantly nag them and whine about what they're not doing. Let me tell you from experience, nagging and whining does not work when it comes to motivating your spouse to change. For some reason, we have this misconception that we can change our spouse and their behavior if we were going to be totally honest. We all have tried to either change our spouse or we're trying to change them now. Again, trying to change your spouse never works. I don't care how loudly you scream or how much you nag him or her. It's just a waste of time because there is nothing you can do or say to make them change. I know this is not what you want to hear, but I have some bad news for you. Even if you have a legitimate emotional need that only your husband, wife, or significant other can feel, you can tell them about it but you cannot make them give it to you. Now, maybe the lady's story, the lady's husband in this story was, well, from what I get from reading that story, he knew what her emotional need was, but he just was unable to fulfill it. And maybe it's like that with your husband or with your wife. But let's say, what if your significant other or spouse just did not feel like they can give you didn't I guess they just didn't feel like they wanted to give it to you what you needed emotionally now it's one thing you can understand if they couldn't even then it doesn't negate the fact that you need it but if they don't think it's important or see it as a priority then the question becomes what do you do I'm just going to be real out there there are some husbands or wives who are withholding affection and emotional support from their spouse because either they don't see a need to do it or because they don't think it's important Regardless of the reason, I do think it's a very selfish thing to do. But there's nothing you can do to make them change or see things you, from your point of view. Now, before you start to feel depressed, I have some very good news for you. There is nothing that we can do to change our spouse. But there's a lot that God can do to change our spouse. And let me just throw in there that while he's changing them, he'll probably change you too. But I know you're just wondering, what does God have to do with your spouse, your marriage, or your relationship? 
But contrary to popular belief, God is the only one who can save your marriage, restore your marriage, and fix your marriage. If you are in the habit like I am of trying to fix or change your spouse, or if you feel that the changes that you want them to make are legit and that they're good, let's just tell ourselves right now we're going to stop. Let's make a promise to ourselves to stop whatever we are doing to change our spouse. We're going to stop it right now. No more changing them. We're going to leave them the way they are. And even though we have a good reason to want things to change in certain areas, we are not going to try to do it ourselves. Instead, promise me that we are going to talk to God and ask him for help. I remember a time in our marriage where we were really in a bad place. And I called my father-in-law, who's a pastor, to get some advice from him in regards to what I should do. Because I did figure, I'm like, well, you know, this is his son. He knows him. All his, He's known him all his life. So he, I might need to ask advice from him. But this is what he told me to do. He told me to tell God everything that I needed my husband to do in our marriage. And then pray for him. He told me to do this every day and just be honest with God about what I needed from him. I did this. And God worked out my situation in an amazing way. One of my favorite faith-based movies is called War Room. Now, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not really a fan of a lot of Christian movies because some of them, I don't know. I think it's just the quality and the way they're made. It kind of throws me. I have a hard time watching it. But this movie was really good. And in this movie, I'm not going to tell you everything in case you want to go back and watch it. It was just about a woman whose marriage was about to fall apart. So she met this lady who encouraged her to pray about her marriage. And things really worked out. Now, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, and to be honest, that doesn't even matter. It's my belief that the majority of people listening to this podcast are listening because we value our marriages and our relationships, and we want them to get better. We want to be that couple who's been married for 40 and 50 years. So, when I tell you that instead of nagging, complaining, or whining, we should pray, I'm telling you this not because I'm trying to convert you, but I'm telling you this because prayer can save your marriage. Prayer can change your husband or your wife's heart. Prayer can change your situation. And God can give you the strength and insight on how to love your spouse while God works on their heart. Now, of course, during the course of your prayers, God will change you as well so that you and your spouse can become one and be on the same page and work together. That's the wonderful thing about God. You don't have to know him. You just have to give your problems to him and trust him to work out your situation. Just like God will answer my prayers, He will also answer your prayers. All you have to do is ask. Can I be honest with you for a minute? The topic of this podcast came about because over the weekend, my husband and I had an argument about something that I needed to do, that I needed him to do, that he wouldn't do. So this is how I know that you can't change your spouse because I was reminded of that fact over the weekend. See, I can be honest about this because my husband does not listen to my podcast, which works out fine because I can be more open and transparent with you about my relationship. It's funny how we continue to do the same things over and over and expect different results. That's also the definition of insanity. I, for one, am not insane, and neither are you. We can't change our spouse, but we can change ourselves. So right now, let's make a pact, like I said earlier, that we're going to stop whatever it is we're doing to try to change our spouse, and instead... We are going to pray for them, and we're going to tell God what we need from them. Instead of us trying to be the catalyst for change, we're going to let God be that catalyst for change. Now, it's easier said than done, so I am going to need you guys to hold me accountable 
not to nag my husband, but instead to pray for him and to tell God what I need from him. I promise if you do this, you will be amazed at what God will do to turn your situation around. The song we are going to listen to today is called The Answer. And I wrote it a while back when I needed an answer from God. So in this song, it's about a woman. Well, I say a woman because I was saying it. But, you know, anyone who's been praying for a long time and they need God to answer their prayers. It could be a male. It could be a female. Just anyone who have been praying for a long time and need God to answer their prayers. And I thought this would be a good way, um, a good song for this episode because we're talking about praying for our spouse. And I thought it would be good because it's not going to happen immediately. It might. There are some things that God might change instantly, but then there are some things that we're just going to pray about until he does something. So I just want to encourage you now as we move forward in our praying for our spouse that we just are going to have to be patient and wait on God and know that he is going to answer our prayers. So without further ado, here's the song, The Answer. There is something on my mind that I've been praying about for some time. There is nothing I can do, so I give this problem over to you. I give it to you.
Well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. As always, I had an amazing time spending time with you. You guys are such wonderful listeners, and I feel blessed each and every week to spend this time with you. Now, before I end the podcast, I would like to thank our awesome sponsor, Anique Music, for their continued support of Music and Vibes. Anique Music is the publishing company that represents all of the music that is heard here on the podcast. For more information about Anique Music, go to www.musicandvibes.com. Please share this episode of the podcast with a friend, and don't forget to head over to iTunes right now and leave a review for the show. And if you have not done so already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast while you are there. Now, when you go to iTunes, you can look the show up either under my name, Kiana, K-E-A-N-A, W. Mitchell, or you can look the show up under the name, and under the name, The Music and Vibes Podcast. Long story, we'll have to explain in another episode how that happened. All right, I think that's all for now. Now, if you want to connect with me or contact me, you can message me on the Music and Vibes Facebook page, and I promise that I will respond. The handle to the Facebook page is at the Music and Vibes Podcast. I'll try to remember to put all of this information in the show notes, but until we talk again, bye-bye for now, and have an amazing week. Your heart.